Hello, guys. Welcome to episode 59 of Learning Become Podcast. And here we are again. Hey, Deborah, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, so today we're going to talk about James Clear's definition on system and goal, um, which I think is going to be interesting. And the, the book, if you guys haven't seen it, is about habits. The name is Atomic Habits. And that was a suggestion. So you recommended me the book. And for whatever reason, I've just heard about it in the same week, which was, do you remember where you, you saw it? Or mm -hmm. yes. so how was it? How did you see the book first time? So I followed this girl, her name is Tori. I don't remember exactly what is her page called, but I followed this girl and her name is Tori and I love her page. Like if you are in the postpartum um, uh, weight loss journey, she's, she's really awesome. Uh, she adds a lot to, to my life and I'm sure she does it to most people who follow her in any really weight loss and what she focuses is mindset not weight loss so she's always talking about the mindset of the process of losing weight and most people wants to do it fast but you gotta think you're not losing weight to look a certain way you're losing weight to be healthier so she always calling people to say focus on the the lifestyle, the health lifestyle, and not on the process of just losing weight. Uh, and, and then she was reading that book. So she's always recommending books. Uh, the Mountain is You. She's the one who also, uh, she just mentioned she haven't read yet, at least not that I know of, but she recommended Atomic Habits. And she was reading and uh, she mentioned the book a, a few times. And then and in that same week, you made a post about having habits. And then I thought, well, that goes really together with what Andre has been talking about. And he might want to, you know, learn more about habits and all that. So I suggested I, I wanted to buy uh, the book for you as a gift. So that's how I, I got the idea. It was from this this girl which I really like you even you're not in your case for example that is not losing weight is not going through postpartum I still like would tell you follow her because she has really good stuff about habit consistency the process it's you know like all that um in her mindset and goals and all those things she has so just for you to have an idea she started she had a her third kid and she needed to lose 70 pounds after that pregnancy oh that's and a lot for, yeah and before her daughter turned one she was already down to 65 and the cool Ooh, thing is crazy yeah and the good thing is that she did that eating pizza cookies having like just a normal life you know she have the healthy habit of eating vegetables the right food, food for sources that will give her a healthier life. 
the right nutrients and all that. And but she doesn't uh, hold herself back when it comes to also enjoying food just because she feels like enjoying food, you know. So she always talking about how it's all about trusting the process. It's all about the she call imperfect consistency. So you don't need to be consistent perfectly because that's impossible. You just but the imperfect consistency it's where it takes you to the goal. So uh, yeah. Anyways, I I will she I I've seen her some posts uh, from her to you many times, but she's the one that I I follow her and she's the one who talked about the book and recommended. I love the definition of imperfect consistency. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but I think on the very first time we recorded an episode, I think it was episode 29, I don't know. But we talked about consistency and on that episode, we came to the conclusion that consistency is not not failing, but it's the ability to come back when it happens. Yeah. Like yeah. it's more like being consistent is not just if you don't give up, you you are consistent. Yeah, it's showing up, yeah, it keeps showing up, yeah. Yes, but I, I really like the way she defined because the word consistency like by definition will be related to having a pattern um a consistency but if you say imperfect consistency it's even better like yeah it's okay to yeah. be imperfect but just be consistent in the imperfection i mean yeah. don't be always imperfect but try to do your best to be consistent yeah exactly <laughs> the way i said reminded me of a funny Brazilian guy who makes like funny videos. Mm -hmm. He says some, like just like some quotes, but he messes it all up. Like, like if you don't do what you don't do, you know, if you do what you don't know, then he just, he doesn't know what he's saying. So kind <laughs> of don't know what I'm saying. Just kidding. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I really like it. Yeah. And the interesting thing is that I listened to the book, the, the mm -hmm. book Atomic Habits, and it is life-changing if you are trying to do something. Yeah. You just go like, that makes sense. Like, never thought about it. How is that yeah. even possible? Exactly. And, and one of the things he talks about throughout the book is the concept of a system mm -hmm. when at least when i think about a system i think about a program or something that will be automatically mm -hmm. that will be that will have a system in somehow and that system will create some sort of consistency mm -hmm. maybe like a program a a structure that's what i think about when i think about a system w mm -hmm. what do you think about when you hear the word system um 
I think about, I picture in my head like, a, how do you call that? A, spy, a spider web. Okay. Uh, yeah, because I always think like how one action will connect to many others. And then that action is going to connect to many others. And then you have a spider web. And there is, in a spider web, usually I think, I don't understand a lot about uh, spiders, I guess. <laughs> but on the, if you think about cartoons, though, uh, the spider webs always take to a center, right? Like, in, at least in cartoons, I don't know if real life is like that, but it's I like. Think they do. Yeah, so I feel, so when I think about system, I think about that, like how it takes you to a center. And for me, that center is the goal. But you have many ways to get to that goal. You know, uh, I was, I think your sister posted something today on WhatsApp that I thought very interesting. It says um, something like, um, you don't, um, Taking your uh, taking your time uh, doesn't mean you are lost, as long as ha you have a direction, something like that. You can take your time to go through that process. It doesn't mean that you are lost. It just means that um, it, as long as you have a direction and you keep going that direction. So it was something like that, and I thought it was cool because that's very true and. Last week when I was uh, hiking, I, I, we were going up the mountain and there was a, a rattlesnake right in the middle, right? And it was right in the middle of the, the, the trail, like Nick almost stepped on it. And we needed to figure out, right, how to keep going. And something that I thought during that moment was, in the when you are going through process in your life, there's always going to be something that is going to try to stop you or is going to try to push you to go back to uh, the way, uh, way back, right? And I have panic, I am like, I have phobia of snakes. Like, I saw a garden snake that Nick thought was the cutest thing ever. And they are not poison. They are green and tiny. And I freaked out to the point that I cried. So if the snake is dead, I'm not going to get close. I don't care. I just, if I see videos of snake, I don't watch it because it gives me all types of panicky feelings when I even see on TV. That's how much I'm scared of snakes. So when I saw that snake, uh, for me, what he spoke to me is like, you got to make a decision, right? You got to go through it and put yourself in danger or you can go around it, right? And I was thinking about life process. You always going to have those two situations. And the fact that you go around it doesn't make you weak, you're wrong, or that you shouldn't, because I feel like a lot of people feel that way, right? I can take the easy way out. But sometimes you got to take those, go around those issues, go around those problems, because all they have to add, add to you is danger and pain. If I went through that snake, it will bite me and I would have to go back because I would have to go to the emergency room, right? I would have to 
I would feel pain and I didn't need that pain. So I took the way around that snake, right? And I thought about life. Like sometimes we are so scared that you go around the obstacles that instead of trying to do that, we turn around and go backwards, right? So, and going around those obstacles doesn't mean that you're not learning everything you gotta learn or that you, no, you're avoiding pain and danger and situations that doesn't add anything for you to that process. And going around is fine. It's important, it's necessary. It's yeah. teaching you to be smart about facing obstacles in different ways, right? So, so yeah, so I was thinking about, uh, so when I think about system, I think about a spider web because you have all these different ways to get to that center of the spider web, right? Which is your goal. And doesn't mean one is better or worse. Sometimes one are gonna be longer, but sometimes gonna be shorter. Uh, it really depends on, it's always about never going back, right? It's never quitting. It's always about just keep going. So when I think about system, that's what it comes to my mind. That's awesome. And when you say about walking around the obstacles, I feel like it's not, not only that it's okay to do it, but most of the times there are obstacles that we have to go around because it's safer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just like about English, an example that could be maybe representative of this. If you practice English for one hour every day, you will learn English, I'd say kind of quickly, probably, because you're dedicating one hour a day. But then you don't have one hour and that's the snake on your way. Yeah. And if you just say, I'll have to do one hour. You do one hour for a week, snake bites you, you stop. But if you do yeah. 10 minutes and you just go around the hour doing like 10 minutes, it's better than either going back or saying like, I don't have the time or trying to push, push yourself to hard to the point where you break. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. That's so cool. So yeah, so those things are, that's, yeah. So I think, like you said, it's all about the, the, like James Clear says, you need to focus on the system and not just the goal. Your goal might be one hour a day, but if you don't have an hour, you need to create a system to get to that hour maybe, you know? Or, and that system might be the 10 minutes every day, you know, going around that, that problem. And that's the cool thing is like, the system gives you, gives you little goals too, right? The system will give you little um, steps to take. So the little steps is where it takes you to your goal, your big That's goal. So true, yeah. Um, you mentioned James Clear. So I will share his definition on system and goals. It's a part of a class from the community. So we're about to hit 150 classes. Can you believe it? That's cool. 
Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. How much you towards you. What was that? I know how much hard work you put towards these classes. So congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. Mm. Uh, so th this is one of them. And the goal here is to create a system. I was just trying to help students to under understand how important it is to create this spider web you mentioned. I really like the picture of the spider web around the go. Uh, because if you don't have it, you won't reach the go. Yeah. Uh, and not only that, he explains it better, but if you're focused in the go, when you reach the go, you're, you're done. And that's also a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, so his definition about system versus goals is, he says, you do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems, which means if you have a good goal, it doesn't mean you will reach that goal. But if you have a good system, your life will be aligned with the system. So if your systems are low, your, your process, your results will be low. But if your system is high, is like have high standard system, you will get good results. And I thought that should be to be very interesting because he says that good goals are not enough. If it was, everybody would get all they want. Like if, you, if a good goal meant something, he even uses the example of candidates in a job interview. They both want to get the position, but just one will. Like yeah. same goal. And he explains it even better, saying that your goal is your desired outcome. Your system is the collection of daily habits that will get you there. Yeah, like I think you have to email him and say, like, you should use a metaphor of a spider web for system yeah. and goals. <laughs> because that's exactly it. Like the, the goal is the center, the system is all the, the webs that go around it. Yeah. And he asks a question that's very interesting about that relates to, to habits and systems and goals. Uh, and he says, think of the ultimate outcome you're hoping to achieve. Is there a path to accomplishing this where you would encounter, encounter less resistance, which is about that and it relates really well with the snake story you just mentioned, right? Yep. So in, just like a big picture, that's the idea that he presents in the book, uh, comparing systems and goals. And we can take it from here with his definition and move on. Yeah. We get back? All right. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, and I think it's cool because he also gives some examples and he says how 
neuro, he used neuroscience to, um, to bring um, more, what is the word? Um, not a foundation, foundation to his, what he's saying, right? He's not just like saying things. He has mm -hmm. a reason why he, he's saying those things, right? He uses science. Yeah, he's science to show how it works and all that. So it's pretty cool. It's definitely a good book to read and a, definitely a book that, but uh, here's the thing though. I also read a book that, that this girl, Tori, she mentioned, I don't know if she, she ended up recommending or not. She said she was reading that book. Um, but then I was reading and it's called The 1% Rule. And this guy, he says something that is very interesting. He says, I've been, I think he's a life coach sort of kind of person. And he has been going to all kinds of seminaries about uh, um, uh, self-help. No, what is it? What do you call? Uh, help. Self-help. Self-help. Is it self-help? Anyways, these seminaries yes, that talk about... like when you're trying to help yourself to be better and improve yeah, and achieve yeah, yeah. goals. Yeah. So he, he's been going years and years through all that those seminaries and learning and absorbing all this information and all that. And then he was asking himself, why do I, why am I not becoming that person? Like I've been all these these seminaries, and I still not becoming that person. I'm still not this person who have these health habits and these systems and all that, right? And what is stick to me the most was that he says, because you can't just listen to these things. You gotta practice them. You got you gotta apply them. So he said in his book, he talks about how you got to apply because the little bit changes in habits you have, it's progress. So he talks about the 1% rule where um, if you focus just on the goal, like James Clear says, um, not to focus just on the goal, you lose all those little progress that you do along the way that are the ones will help you to keep motivated. So he always says, think about the 1%. Look at your progress at 1%, not 100%, but at 1%. But the cool thing is exactly that. Like we can talk all day about how the book of James Clear is amazing and it's life-changing and it can do all that, but it won't be life-changing and won't be amazing. It will literally mean nothing. If you're not in a place in your life where you want to get what he's telling you, and put it to practice, even if it's just to prove him wrong, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> so it's just like, you, you gotta make that choice, right, and, and the reason we, we decided to talk about this today is because when I was, like I told you, I, I am reading the, listening to the book again, and I'm in the beginning, the introduction, where he tells his story, and all that, and he, he gives a little bit of a, uh, introduction of what he've learned throughout his life and why he went through those processes to learn the, them, right? And what he said is, um, what I was thinking is, 
he's always talking about the system and not focus on the goal and how it's difficult for people to keep uh, consistent and keep going uh, through the process because uh, I love how he says, and I mentioned to you is, I love how he says like the fact that you start working out today, next day you're not more build up because of it. You're not as stronger the next day. It's just every day showing up is what, and then at some point there's that turning point where you were not strong and now you're strong, right? And he gives the example of the ice. I think we've mentioned this in the in another episode that you can keep looking at the ice and then the temperature is going to go up and up and up and the ice only starts melting at the 32 degrees. But it was all those one, one degrees changing that took the ice to start melting, right? So anyway, so if that's, not 32 degrees Fahrenheit, people, always Fahrenheit, by the way. Anyways, uh, so wait, is it melting? Yeah, anyways, yeah, that's right. Anyways, uh, with that said, he, he, so with that said, when I was reading, uh, when I was listening to it, I was thinking, it's one of the huge things in this process as well, it's not just having the system, it's not just having the goal, but it's trusting all this. Because if you don't see the results in the 1%, the 2%, the 3%, the 4%, you will stop. You're going to, you will stop. You're like, I don't know if this is working, so I'm quitting it. It's taking too much of me right now, right? And so you got to trust uh, the process. You got to, Keep trusting that you're in the right path and trusting that if you're not in the perfect pre um, path, uh, you will find a better one, you know? And that's what it makes the imperfection, the imperfect consistency, right? Because you're only going to find this perfect path for you to achieve your goals. And I say perfect in quotes because... It's perfect for you. It might not be the perfect for me. Uh, if you go through the imperfection of the process, right? So, so I was just thinking about that, thinking about how you got to trust that you're in the right way, how you got to trust that the little steps that you're taking are actually taking you to your goal. You know, and it's a huge thing. I it, it's a, a hard one to have sometimes, especially uh, if you don't have people to motivate you or you don't or you don't have people around you to show that you are changing, right? That you are going the right direction, you know? So, yeah, anyways, that's what I was thinking when I was listening about the trust to having the system and the process that you're creating to to reach those goals. That's awesome. Uh, I feel like there, there is one key point in this trusting aspect of, of trust in the system because you only know if it's going to work if you go through that or if you have somebody that went through and yeah. was successful. Yeah. So mm -hmm. uh, I feel like 
mentorship or I don't know, just like some sort of uh, maybe a person that went through that process that could help you, a book you read and you see like stories of people that mm -hmm. did something or trying to, or I don't know, if it's in sports, a good coach could help you. If it's in business, a good mentor in business. If it's in athletics, somebody that will help you. In fitness, somebody that's fit and that knows how to be fit. Mm -hmm. um, but having somebody to show you the way will make it easier on the perspective that you will know for sure it's going to work because you've seen the result in somebody else. Yeah, and I think you make the hard days easier. You know, I think that's key for the hard days to remind mm. yourself, like, it's not today that those changes are going to come. It's not today that I'm going to be speaking English. It may be tomorrow, you know, maybe the next week. I don't know how long we've been practicing and um, and studying and taking your time and taking those little steps, right? But it will come at some point, right? You, but in English, though, you gotta, you gotta take the courage to try when those opportunities come to you. Because in English, I think a lot of people they have the opportunity and then they worked all this time. They have private classes with the teacher. They do online uh, classes. They study every day. They do all the 15 minutes, everything like, like they get everything on paper, right? That you, you've said it's important for the process of learning English. And then they have an opportunity to open their mouth and use what they learn and they don't because they get shy, because they get scared. So for the process of learning English, you gotta also take that extra step, right? The extra step to say, to open your mouth when the opportunity comes to you. No matter if you're gonna say, uh, speak correctly, incorrectly, but you gotta try to show yourself that the hard work you're putting on is working and, um, and that it doesn't need to be perfect. You don't need to take that opportunity and say, wow, I spoke a perfect English. No, it's wow, I communicate myself with that person, you know, like not correctly, but he understood what I wanted to say. And that's awesome. I remember I had a student who went to China and when he was having classes with me and I asked him how the experience was. And besides all the cultural experiences he had, he said, you know what I've learned through this experience is that no matter where you are, you will find a way to communicate, maybe right or wrong, but you will. And that's the goal. And that's the most important. And he was saying that because at the hotel they were at, the light in his bedroom stopped working and they needed the light. So he was trying to ask, tell the people, uh, the concert, I think it was called, at the hotel to check because the lights were not working. And then they, he went to the checking um, desk and told them and they were saying, oh, we got to figure out. And then he was trying to ask where was the energy box whatever you call, I think is 
I don't know even what to call. It. I know it's something box, but where you have all the switches for the light, right? And I was he was trying to ask for him for that because maybe the key uh, had uh, fell, right? Whatever you use to express that. I think that's how you say it. Nick would know, but I don't. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so those little that, things are complicated. Yeah, so yeah. he was trying to communicate all that, and he was able to. They figured out what they were trying to say to each other, and they switched the, the key back, and then the energy in the bedroom was back. So, uh, so yeah, that's the idea, right? You, you will communicate, even though you're maybe not speaking the most clear English, but you got to take those steps. You got to try. Yeah, it's part of the, the web. Yeah. practicing and trying when we understand that even not even but uh, I'd say like one of the key things is failure if you want to learn English when you understand that it makes the process so much better you're just like oh I failed again that's nice yeah I learned something I, new today yes well, just recently one of one of my students had an interview in English and she was like so scared and and then ended up not working. I don't know like why, if it was the English in interview. She's a kind of a new student. She started this year. Mm -hmm. And I told her, that's awesome. Like, even if nothing happens, you're able to show up to speak to people you've never seen before, to mm -hmm. fail if you fail, to succeed if you succeed. Mm -hmm. And next time you'll be better. And you may not make it next time, but then you have another time. And it might doesn't happen next time, but you have another one to yeah. the point where you can get a, a better job position in an international company but it might take you 12 times like 20 mm -hmm. 30 we don't know but the cool thing is you did one like it's whatever times you need minus one yeah yeah so, exactly. like those little failures are so important yeah i remember when i got here that was huge for me because like when i got here I, I, I always tell that to my students and I told that to you is that the intermediate between beginning and intermediate uh, level is very hard because it's when your grammar, when you're speaking, go drastically low because you're already able to just speak, right? The words just come out of your mouth. And that's what you got to do when you're having a conversation. You don't stop to think, to translate, and then to say something. You just gotta open your mouth and words do come out. And when you're in the intermediate uh, level, you are able to do that, but you're not uh, fast enough to build the structures properly and grammatically appropriate, let's put it that way, which is not a problem at all, but it's interesting because you get all confused. You're trying to say, right, but you're not, and then you like, oh my gosh, my head is just all messed up. And it's so cool because I feel like it's a physical change in your brain. Your brain used to use two ways and now it's going straight to one. So 
is literally your brain is confused. <laughs> it really is. It's truly confused. So usually when you're in that level, you start, you say everything wrong, but you do communicate what you got to communicate because you have the vocabulary, you have the basis, and then you've got to keep practicing and practicing. And then you become advanced in that language because you went through that intermediate, intermediate um, time, right? process and I think it's just amazing cool and I went through that process when I came to United States I had just started really being an intermediate um, speaker and being here was even harder because the 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 reading right is so much faster like people speak you respond speak respond right there is not that pause to think about it. You just got to say something. So, so yeah, so I failed so many times and I was so aware of my failures when I tried to, to say something. It's like, that doesn't sound very good, but he got it. He understood, right? And there was one time, for example, that uh, you... When I got to the host family I was living with, there was a Brazilian au pair and she stayed two weeks. She didn't stay two weeks. I arrived two weeks earlier to, so she would train me, right? Show me the routine, show me where to take the kids for their activities and food and where things were in the house, what were the expectations and things like, things like that. And she, she was saying that uh, she left like two weeks later. And then the first week, I don't know if it was the first time or the second time, it was in the, this first three days that I was supposed to be all by myself, no help with, from her. Uh, my host mom told me that she was going to... Um, she was going to meet me at the house to take bring the little girl I used to take care back to school with food because she was going to have a little gathering at school that I'm not sure what it was. I don't remember. I understood that she was going to pick up bring at school. So it was 1130, 1140, 11 something, 10, 20 minutes later. She called me and she's like, uh, did you go pick up Breen at school? And I was like, I thought you were going to do that. And it's like, no, I, I was, I'm going to pick her up at, at home because I got to take her back to school. So the poor kid was sitting there by herself waiting for me to pick her up. So I was like, I'm so sorry, I'm going to go right now. So I went there and picked her up. And the funny part was like a five-year-old would say, you forgot about me. <laughs> and I was like, no, I didn't forget. I just misunderstood your mom. I didn't understand what she told me. And anyways, I'm so sorry, Breen, and all that. And she was okay with it. But um, when that happened, my host mom, and she told me those things on the phone also, not in person. So if it was in person, sometimes it would be easier to clarify. But especially in the beginning, I had a really hard time talking on the phone in English with people. So she said, okay, next time I'll make sure to write it down. So 
The whole year I was there, they would give me verbal instructions, but every morning that I got up, I would have a little piece of paper with the instructions they gave me for me Ooh, to see smart. what I needed to do, right? So that was a big fail for me, right? I was so nervous that they would be mad at me. I was working for them for only three days. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, only three days and I'm already screwing this up. And then on top of that, the other, I think in the same week, I went to take the kid to the piano class. And then instead of turning left on the street, I turned right. So I kept going and going and I couldn't find the address that I was going to. And then I had to call and then my kid got late to go to piano class. And my host dad said, did you, was giving me instructions on the phone and I still couldn't find the address. And then he had to drive me uh, in the weekend. He said, let's go drive it. So he drove me and just showed me the way you did. So I turned right and he's like, no, that's where you got wrong. You've got to turn left. So then I, I learned that I was supposed to turn left and then I found where I was supposed to go. But that was like all in the same week, again, failed. And I and the other au pair was Brazilian and she had showed me the way. I just completely forgot. But on the phone, he's, he was also giving instructions and I was also still lost and couldn't find. So that, that day, that kid also, he lost the um, the. The, his class because he was late for it he never couldn't show up at the end of the day so uh so anyway so it will happen right those things will happen and my I was lucky to have people that was that were understanding that made changes to accommodate my difficulties and that's not gonna be a reality every time for sure you will find people that are, doesn't really respect anybody's learning uh, curve because everybody goes through the learning curve no matter what you're doing. Uh, and some people will not respect that learning curve and you're gonna have to deal with those people and you're still gonna be learning something from it, right? And maybe I just hope that the it just helps you to find a system that will help you not to fail because that person doesn't take failing well. So you're gonna have to find a system that works for you, right? Um, maybe, for example, your student had an interview, maybe she needs to, it was a great opportunity for her to learn what are the types of questions they ask on interviews. So next, for the next one, she can prepare herself for those questions. She can, be more prepared to communicate those ideas um, and to use uh, and not memorize them, okay? That's the thing is, if she tries to memorize, she's screwed. She will forget, she'll be nervous. She will be uncomfortable. She, you know, it's a, it is a stressful time, right? But it's learning how to communicate those things, right? And uh, memory you can count on memory memory is not a good way it's not a good tool for you to count on for most things right so you need to learn it you need to absorb that information so for her she knows at least what to expect for the next one right like you said if you need 12 at least you got one down and that one first one it's a huge learning uh point for her to know what are the type of questions she's gonna be facing for the next interview, right? And be more prepared.
when I was in the United States to leave here, Nick made me cry. He literally made me cry because he was job interviewing me and he made me cry because I was so nervous about job interviewing. And he asked me all these questions and I didn't know how to answer them. And not because I didn't know the answer, but because I was doing everything in English and I was speaking English for already five years. And he made me cry, you know, like, because I got even more nervous about the whole thing. But he said, now sit down and prepare those answers. Think about those things that we just talked about it. And I did. And then the next time he interviewed me, I did great. And I was much more calm, less pressured. And I knew what to re respond because I never even had a job interview in my life before that. And then sure enough, when I got the interview for the first job I ever worked in the United States and the only one, all those questions that Nick made, gave, uh, made it for me was there. And I was super comfortable. And did I memorize all those answers? No because I literally had to use different examples. They weren't the exactly same questions. They were just similar, but it helped me learn that mindset, that process, that think process of creating those answers and that mind, mindset of, okay, this is what they're looking for, right? So it was a great experience, but I had to cry the first time my husband was trying to help me, you know? <laughs> I had to cry. That was a good. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, so yeah, failure will happen. You know, you will fail, but you gotta put yourself out there. It's yeah. super worth it once you do. And it's it's related to the process or to the system because when you have a system, you're not doing something for the result. Mm -hmm. Like you're doing it because that's the system. Yeah. For example. Yeah. Uh, your goal is to be healthy. Nice. You have a good goal. If you fail on your diet today, tomorrow, you're not going to try to double your effort because you failed today and tomorrow you won't eat. It's more like, yeah. okay, I failed yesterday, but tomorrow I'll just, I'll do the same diet. I'll do it good tomorrow. Yeah, that's exactly what this girl, Tori, she talks about. Like, she used to think that way. She used to think, oh, I ate all the sweets today, so I'm not going to eat sweets for the next week. That doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Because it's you not know? consistent. Yeah, she's like, you got to give to your body what it's craving. Of course, you got to balance it, especially in the beginning, because you're already all unbalanced if you have an uh, unhealthy lifestyle. You gotta balance that out, right? But you gotta you gotta listen to your body and know what's craving. So if you're craving sweets, okay, eat sweets. But the next day, make sure to eat more veggies. She says she's always talking about that. It, make sure to eat more veggies. Make sure to drink more water. Make sure to not eat, try not to eat sweets, but you still want a sweet. Eat less, but eat it. You know, uh, eat something that is gonna choose a healthier choice for sweets and and therefore so uh so it's just interesting because that's so true and when you said that I thought well the same way when you start like oh I want to have a healthy lifestyle right and because the first day you do doesn't mean now you have a health lifestyle right it is a process of 
making those steps and then and then you reach that goal of the health lifestyle. But the other way is also true. Because you were, you weren't healthy that day doesn't make doesn't mean you're not healthy. You don't have a healthy style either. So yeah. if you're in that process, in some point, the other way around is also gonna become true. Like, oh, it's Super Bowl uh, game, right? And people eat like crazy on Super Bowl. Does that mean you don't have a health lifestyle because you go nuts on Super Bowl? Absolutely not. It means that you still have a health life. You're still a, a person who have a health lifestyle and that day you were unhealthy and that's completely fine, right? <laughs> but you're still a person who have a healthy lifestyle. So it's interesting because as if you keep showing up and if you keep the imperfect consistency, it doesn't mean you become a person who doesn't speak English. It means that that day you didn't study, but you're still a person who is learning English because every day, every other day, you're still doing it. You're still building that system. You're still building that process to become a person who speaks English, right? So, uh, and I'm a great example of that because last week I did not study Korean at all because Nick was home and when he's home, our routine is all over the place. It, 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 I just don't have an easy time finding the right time for me to do it because I got to remove the, the normal time that I study Korean, which is right before bed, right? And right before bed, I'm spending time with my husband because I don't get to do that very often. So uh, with that said, um, last week I was not studying Korean at all because it just didn't, I could have find time during my day. Yeah, sure. But I didn't want you. I like, I don't feel like studying Korean right now. And you, it, because a lot of the time I'm studying Korean at the end of my day, right? So I didn't study Korean last week at all. And Duolingo keeps talking to me like you, you're not showing up, you need to practice and all that, you know? And, and then I'm back and then you're like, okay, let's do this, you know, you're back kind of thing. So. And that's it. And that's okay. You know, it doesn't mean I stopped learning Korean. It just means I took a break from learning Korean. So it's okay to do that. Yeah. And it's only okay to do that if you know that you have a long-term goal. Yeah. It's not like, because if you don't, you start to freak out. Like, yeah. oh, I want to learn Korean in six months. And I just lost a week. A week is like fourth of the month oh my goodness i'm gonna die yeah yeah you stress out uh, but if you understand that life uh is based off of long terms and just if you if you think long term you're very likely to succeed at whatever you're you're trying to do yeah. in the future but if you want to do everything short term you end up doing nothing long term it's like now i'm gonna do this next week i'm gonna do that and then now i'm gonna go to the gym now i'm yeah. gonna do calisthenics now i'm gonna swim then now i'm, I'm i give up yeah. i'm unhealthy yeah i'm never getting there yeah and just clarify i'm not saying you shouldn't try different things i think you should till you find something you like 
like you with hike hiking for example yeah it's probably something you're gonna do like for the rest of your life because it's something you like and it's yeah. a healthy pleasing experience for you um yeah. so but i'm also gonna have to make changes on that because i'm not always gonna live close to a trail I might live in a place where instead of hiking, I'm gonna have to bike, which not a big fan of because my butt freaking hurts when I bike, but you know, everybody says it gets better. <laughs> so I'll yeah. believe those who says it gets better, right? Or maybe I'm gonna rollerblade, right? That's the, you call rollerblade? I think that's how you call right? I don't know. Patchings, I think is rollerblade, something like that. I think you just say skate. What? No, skate is the other one, no? The other one is skateboard. No, I don't think. I think it is roller something. I'll find out. But anyways, maybe that's what I'm going to pick up instead of bike. <laughs> you know? That's a good option. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's like, if you get a chance to... to uh hike in the future you'll probably you'll probably travel to do that like you live yeah. in a city yeah. where there is no hiking trails Colorado will always be there my family lives there so i'll always be going to colorado for visiting and climbing uh hiking 14ers i did two last year now i want to do this year i want to do at least one more so but that's not because you have the goal of going to the Everest mountain, but it's because no, you, you like hiking. Like at all. <laughs> I, 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 every year I might do a 14, I question people who actually go to Everest. Like, why? Why do you put yourself that through that? Like, I don't know how much that's worth it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, definitely uh, not. And, and the thing, I think we can even record it another one maybe exploring more about the system like the practical mm -hmm. aspect of it yeah because the system is how you organize your routine in a way to to make the habit easier yeah. for example i want to read more often i'll leave my book in the pillow so when i go to bed it's going to be there yeah those little I want to eat more apples. I'm going to leave them at the table instead of in the fridge. Those are two examples James clearly uses in the book, by the way. Yeah. So it might be a thing for us to, to kind of expand if you want to. We might sounds do that. Good. You up for it? Yeah, sounds good. Okay. Uh, because I know it's time is up. It's already maybe That's an okay. hour we've been talking. Yeah, uh, that's okay. And I, I love the topic. I love the idea of doing it on on the system. Do you have anything to add up? No, no. Yeah, so just summarizing, focus long-term and like it's okay to fail as long as you keep showing up next day. Yeah. Like the imperfect consistency yeah. is a key in the process for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, so you thank have you a so very much. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening. If you have any questions, please let me know. Or any suggestions would also be welcome. Like yeah. if you have anything, any suggestion, that would be cool. 
and I appreciate it. I hope you have a good one and I'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Bye.